Sharing Sunday is a, is a fun Sunday, and it's based in 1 Corinthians 14, 26. This is what Paul writes to the Corinthian church. And this is a way that we're, we try to obey the word. We're word people here. <laughs> we want to obey what the word says. So 1 Corinthians 14, 26 says this. What then, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. And we take time to have a sharing Sunday because we want to provide opportunity for the entire body to share, to give testimonies, to encourage the entire body. Rather than having a couple of people that talk, we want to encourage the entire body to talk. And I just felt a couple of things I want to encourage you today. Some of you today, you've been learning about your identity. God has been speaking to you. And some of you today, the enemy is saying in your ear, I, I heard this from the Lord. Some of you are saying, the enemy is saying in your ear, oh, it's no big deal. What, what God has done in my life, what I was thinking about, it's not really that big of a deal. Some of you are hearing it right now. And I want you to know that that means you should come and share. Because actually, what I believe the Lord is doing is that some of you are going to come and share a testimony, a story, and you're not going to realize actually it's going to unlock some, something in someone else in this church family. That actually the very thing that you're going to share is going to be the very thing that someone is needing to hear. Does that make sense what I'm saying right now? And the enemy is happy to whisper in your ear, it's not that big a deal. No, it doesn't really matter. It's just a little small thing. No, it's actually not a small thing because the Lord is intending to bring freedom to the body through small testimonies. Does that make sense what I'm saying right now? So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to come and to share because there are individuals in the room right now that feel like God isn't moving and they need to hear your testimony of how God is moving in your life so that they will begin to also dream again that God will move in their life. Does that make sense? Amen. So it's important is what I'm trying to say. It's important that you come and share. Now, we're going to do a, an opportunity. You know, this passage says, bring a song, bring a lesson, bring a tongue, bring an interpretation of tongue. There's also going to be what we're bringing today. I have found out we're bringing an interpretive dance from Tilly and Truett. Tilly and Truett, would you come up here? Would you come up here? Can we welcome these two right here? Yeah. All right. We got Tilly Bosager, we got Truett Dykstra. Ladies, this little space right here, does that work? Is that okay? You want to do it over there? Okay. Okay, mama, mama says stay there. I don't argue with mamas. So, right here, we're going to play this and then give you guys a chance to share your interpretive dance.
flexibility that's the Lord right there <laughs> Paul Raz and I are about to do a little something we prepared something as well come on Paul we're gonna do a little sorry sorry we're supposed to be being serious but actually not thank you ladies so much thank you so much that was awesome that was awesome father may that freedom may that freedom from the enemy be all over this church family Holy Spirit, that you will come and protect these little ones. You protect this church. Holy Spirit, move in power. Jesus, that your right arm would move in great power. And all God's people said, amen. amen. All right. Um, I, I was joking, but if you have an interpretive dance as well, like we're totally open to that. Um, um, <laughs> but I just want to invite you to come and to share. And like I said, just remember, some of you are hearing the enemy say, it's, it's just a little thing. It's just like a little tiny thing. It's not going to mean anything to anyone. No, you need to come and you need to share. Okay, come on. Not quite sure how to follow that one, girls. <laughs> so, so and, and this does not, well, the Lord knows how it all ties in. So um, I've been, John 17 has been on my heart all year for our congregation, and I've shared it a few times on um, I think a couple times on Sharing Sunday and a, and a couple times on Wednesday evening. So you guys who've hung around with that um, have been part of that. And it came back up for me actually on Sharing Sunday in September. But it wasn't the right time to share it. I don't know why, but God knows. Um, and um, I'm going to read part of that passage. If you remember, that's the passage where Jesus is praying to the Father um, about his disciples that he was about to leave, but also about us as believers, as part of the body of Christ. 
And the theme that I kept getting around this all, all year has been family and unity. And as we were worshiping, the very last song, I don't even remember what it was. Um, I am a child of God, I just remembered. I, um, I had this strong sense of um, the bond between us. And it's not, we're not just a bunch of people who come together on Sunday morning, we hang out for a couple hours, we go home, we go about our business, right? I mean, in some places it kind of feels like that sometimes. That's not what we're to be. There is a bond that we are knit together in that is, is intended, as Jesus prayed, to be like the unity between the Father, Son, and Spirit. I mean, think about that. Jamie's talked about that unity being like this, you know, they're all like wrapped up in one another. We're to be in the middle of that individually, but also as a family, and to be united like that with one another, which I think is really extraordinary. So I've been praying that God will knit us together in that way as a church body, as a church community, as a congregation. With that in mind, I'm going to read part of that passage. And I had it right here a minute ago, but of course. All right, so this will be John 17. I'm going to go to read parts of, it's 9 to 23, but I'm going to skip a couple parts of that. So on your own time. I encourage you to go back and read that because it really is about who we are to be as believers. I am praying on behalf of them. This is Jesus. I am not praying on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those you have given me because they belong to you. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them safe in your name that you have given me so that they may be one just as we are one. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but that you keep them safe from the evil one. <clears throat> they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. Set them apart in the truth. Your word is truth. And then down to verse 20. I am not praying only on their behalf, but also on behalf of those who believe in me through their testimony. That's us. That they will all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I am in you, I pray that they will be in us, and here's the reason, so that the world will believe that you sent me. Sherry, I, I love that song too. I'm a child. I sing that to myself all the time. I want to share a dream, but before I do, I feel compelled. Tilly and truly, will you come here for just a second? First of all, I love the hair. Secondly, I just want to pray for you guys because I saw a powerful anointing of dance over you guys. So don't stop doing this. Will you come just a little closer? Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for your beautiful young vessels. I want to thank you for parents that train their children up in the way of the Lord. And I want to thank you, Father God, that True and Tilly will never depart from this way and that they would use their beautiful gift to dance before kingdoms. And I just pray, Father God, that you, these gifts will take them to places that they never imagined. Eyes have not seen and ears have not heard what you are about to do in the lives of these two beautiful vessels. We thank you. We cover them with our love and with our prayers. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Amen. Uh, yes, it's, I, I just, it just warms my heart to see children raised in the way of the Lord. So I want to thank the parents as well. God bless you. Okay, I had a dream about a year ago, 
and when Jamie was preaching up and doing this whole series of identity, particularly on Sunday, the dream resurfaced. I've shared it with a few people. I shared it with Liz Baker about four months ago because she was in it. And it is a dream about learning your identity because I was struggling about really understanding that I'm a child of God. I was working too hard. I had a serious Messiah complex. I just knew I was going to save the world. It was like that ever since I was a kid. And I didn't quite understand what working for God really meant. I didn't understand my identity. So this dream came to me, and Jamie, your sermon last Sunday finally solidified it. Well, in this dream, it was this great big pool of dirty water, and there were my loved ones in it and people that I loved, and around it were a ton of people, but I couldn't see their faces. And so I kept jumping in this water trying to save people, and they were holding on to things like cars and houses and money and boats. They were loving this stuff, and they wouldn't let go. So every time I got in to try to pull them out, I began to sink. So one time I got in, and I could not get out, and I felt like I was dying. And then all of a sudden, around me, the faces became illuminated. And guess what? It was Mary My Community Church. And Liz and Royce Baker, I don't know why them, but it was. Royce threw a fishing pole into the water for me to grab hold of, and Liz was holding the word of God. And so when they got me out, I was... I felt like I was dying in this dream. So I'm struggling. They got me out. They prayed over me. The church prayed over me. And then I woke up. And if you ever had like one of those dreams where you can feel it physically when you wake up, this was one of them. So when I woke up, I was shaking and I was like, what in the world? But I sat up and God began to give me somewhat of an interpretation that became clearer on Sunday. Well, what God was trying to tell me in this dream is that it is not your job to go into the dirty waters and pull people out. Some people like their life. Some people like living the way they live. The only thing that will save our loved ones and our friends and people we come in contact with is the word of God. And the Bible talks about us being fishers of men. We have to cast that rod into the dirty waters, and we have to use the word of God to pour them in. And when you know who you are in God, you don't have to work so hard. You can have confidence that God will use your life just by the fact that you're living for him. You don't have to work that hard. Just live for God and do, be who he called you to be and do what he asked you to do. And everything else will fall into place. God bless you. I love you. So I want to pray for everybody in here that suffer from these Messiah complexes. Because generally it is, for those of us who really love the Lord, it is a part of us. Most of us suffer from that. But our identity, we are a child of God, we don't have to save the world. Jesus already did it. It's done. He said it's finished. So it's done. We just have to be. We are human beings, not human doings. So just be who God called you to be. Heavenly Father, I come before you in the name of your son, Christ Jesus, 
to thank and praise you for your goodness and your mercy and your loving kindness that you have towards us. We praise you and worship you for being a good, good father. We thank you that you are a God that loves us so much so that you gave your only begotten son. And Jesus, we thank you for your obedience all the way to Calvary. We thank you that not only did you die, but you got up. And if you can come up out of the grave, we can come up too. We want to thank you, Holy Ghost, for being the power that worketh within us, for being our protection, our correction, and our guide. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. And we thank you, Holy Ghost. And now, as we humble ourselves in your presence, I ask that you look upon all of us with a special mercy, grace, and favor, that you would meet us all at the point of our need. And Father God, that you would help us to walk in the purpose that you have assigned to our lives. I pray, Father God, for this congregation, this pastor, and for all of those who are connected to us outside the ministry. We thank you for all that you have done, all that you are doing, and we stand in tiptoe anticipation for what we can expect for you to do in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. And I, I felt called to come up right after, I mean, while you were sharing, because you're talking about casting the rod. And as a child, my father bought me a rod. And the first time that I went fishing, I cast the rod out, and the rod went into the pond. <laughs> and, and my father, he was kind of disgusted with me. I'm only like about eight or nine years old. And uh, so he spends like the next hour or so uh, hunting for it, and he finally did retrieve it. But uh, I kind of wanted to share with you, I don't know if, uh, I, I share just about every time we have the mic up here. The last time I shared, I shared, you know, I really like Heartland. And I don't know if anybody, everybody, you know, you can hold up your hand if you have any identity with Heartland. It's a really interesting uh, kind of a, a story about a, uh, a Canadian family on a ranch. And my favorite character is a character called Jack, Jack Bartlett. And Jack is the grandfather of, of uh, you know, the, the, the heroine, I think her name is Amy, Amy Fleming. And uh, <clears throat> Jack has, uh, well, he's the iconic cowboy character. Uh, he has, he, first of all, he's a retired uh, rodeo cowboy. And a lot of his experiences about getting wisdom is actually through experiences where he had failures. And he has this nemesis. His name is Tim Fleming. Tim Fleming is his ex-son-in-law. And uh, their, their original um, relationship was not very good. Now, uh, Tim, he has this thing. He's very impulsive, and uh, he's so impulsive at the expense of relationships. And um, so one of the things I like about the, the show is how this uh, relationship develops between Jack, who has, I'm going to say, wisdom experience through failures, and Tim, who has uh, experiences where he has experienced failures, but he hasn't actually experienced the consequences of them yet. So I um, kind of want to introduce you to Jack. Now, Jack 
He reads a lot, reads a paper, uh, he reads uh, magazines, and he also uh, likes coffee. So, uh, hey Jack, hey Dennis, uh, who makes a coffee around here? Am I the only one that can make coffee? Uh, you know, Tim just said you know this thing a few minutes ago, and I, I had to say, Tim, Tim, have you really thought that through? So, uh, yeah, thank you, Jack. Um, so let's segue on to another thing here. One of my favorite uh, things in the, in the Bible is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 23 to 26. We've been um, celebrating, uh, and as a small church, you know, we have unique ways that we can serve our community, our church. And one of the things that I really like about the way that we serve our church is sometimes through communion. And uh, 1 Corinthians 11:23 says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For, so forever, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So one of my joys about this church is when we go and take communion on a lot of times, there'll be somebody standing up there uh, presenting the communion, and that person most of the time knows my name. And so, let, you know, let's take uh, Zeke Swift, for instance. So I'll go up and take communion, and Zeke will say to me, in, in, uh, in the way that Jesus would say it, he says, Dennis, this is my body which is given for you. And it helps me identify myself directly with Jesus. And that's a unique experience about a small church, knowing our names, and Jesus knows your name too. It's a beautiful thing about, uh, uh, what do we call it, name tag November. And I, I think this is from God. Uh, thank you, thank you. Thank you, uh, Mary Lemon, for you know, bringing this up. Now, one of the things I'd like to encourage you to do is, I don't think one month is going to be enough. So we, do ha we have a tool here we call it our, our church center. Church Center has a directory. So if you've been any part of this church for any length of time, you need to go out to the church directory and upload a picture of yourself and your family and uh, you know, so that people can have access and know who you are uh, because Jesus knows who you are. We'd like to know who you are too. Um, one of the things, one of the beautiful things about uh, small church is service. And, you know, this is kind of a challenge because a lot of the things that we do to serve our congregation, we've got holes uh, where we're looking for somebody to serve. Uh, light bites, for instance. Uh, we have light bites after the first service every Sunday. 
most every Sunday. Every once in a while, there's a hole and we can't fill it so we don't have light bites. I'd like to see that continue. So I encourage you to uh, sign up for that. We also have uh, opportunities downstairs for the kids, for Sunday school teachers and helpers. My wife has been a help, I, well, was a helper for a long time, and then she uh, was actually asked uh, by uh, Lynn Robinson, Lynn Robinson. So, but anyhow, Lynn was a teacher and Helen was a helper. And, and so uh, as a helper through Lynn, Lynn actually developed Helen into a teacher. And, teach, uh, and uh, Helen's been teaching every other Sunday for a while. And I think she's, she's started to you know, move to that being a teacher on a full-time basis. So part of the development, I think, of, of folks is you can join in as a helper and learn, get more confidence in how our teachers are doing, and then hopefully at some point in time take on the role as a teacher also. So I encourage you to do that. You know, in our world, I think we're trained to be consumers uh, rather than serving, but uh, Jesus calls us to serve. So I encourage you to do all that. Uh, lastly, I want to ask Jack. Uh, Jack, is there anything that you want to add? Well, Dennis, I guess it's about the same as what I'd say to Tom, is have you thought that all the way through? My name is Roxy, and I'm saying a verse. Psalm 119, 9-16. How can a young man stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your command. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate in following your precepts. I will not neglect your word. It's all done. That's it. That's it. Uh, I just wanted to kind of piggyback on that uh, and remind the church. Uh, uh, my name is Michael. I'm Roxy's dad. And um, the supremacy of God's word. Naj, you mentioned it in your in your dream. Um, and. Um, and Jamie said the other week, if, you, if you're just coming to church on Sunday and you're not filling yourself on a daily basis with the Word of God, then, you know, I mean, that's a hard thing for a pastor to say, right? Um, he's saying, you don't need me, you need the Word of God. Um, and I just want to encourage the church to, to, to be in the Word daily. It's fill your children with it, fill your mind with it, and meditate on it. And it's the best way to stay on the, on the path of purity. Um, so anyways, that's it. Hi, I'm Hannah Green. Um, I want to echo that. God wants that for us more than we even want it. I graduated high school like in 2011, so I was looking through a little devotional book, you know, that I had started. I did the first 10 days, left it, but I still had the book. So the other night I found it, and I was reading some of the entries, and one of them was asking about how we could find the time, you know, listen to Jesus and meditate on his voice. And at that time, I don't know if I had a regular quiet time. I'd grown up in church, but the entry in there I wrote, I said, well, I guess it's going to be harder in college because I'm never going to be alone once I have roommates. Maybe I'll have to go out in my common room and do it before they wake up. 
in college, I had prayed, or before college, I'd prayed for a roommate that was a Christian, and the Lord gave me one. He actually gave me a specific girl I prayed for in my specific program. Um, so I always knew that was an answer prayer, but it got a level deeper because, because I had her, we could sit in our beds and have our quiet times together. She was a believer. I did not have to go out into the common room by myself. Honestly, I probably not, would not have done that. But it was just really sweet to see that the Lord blessed me with that, even when I had no idea, I forgot I even wrote this at all, and what the ramifications were of that in my life. That's how I started my quiet time routine with him. That's how I started to love the word, is because he gave me a person against the, he gave me what I thought I didn't need um, to be able to follow him. And um, I was reading in Psalm a few weeks ago, and it talks about the Lord's um, steadfast love being before our eyes and walking in his faithfulness. And I think, you know, we can put ourselves on that path, but we need to remember we are on the path of his faithfulness, his truth, and reliability, and he is going to carry us forward. So when we're, we're looking at those situations, I think I often see worst case scenario, I think, ah, oh, this is going to go poorly, instead of seeing how the Lord can actually change it for his purposes and for our good. Thank you. Well, I'm not used to doing this. I'm used to, anyway, um, I wanted to, Thursday I ran into a guy, I was having a conversation with him, and he says, oh, there's no more miracles. And I Yes, there are. You know, yeah, it happens all the time. And he goes, no, nah, nah, there's no miracles. I said, well, I've experienced three. The first one is when I, the night that I, uh, for, for those of you who don't know, I, I had a, a major heart event, we'll call it. Um, and the night before, I had to go to, for surgery, which I didn't even know I was going to have. Um, my son came over unannounced, and said, Dad, uh, you okay? And I said, no, I'm not feeling so good. And we talked for a while. I said, I'm feeling better. I said, why don't you go home? Take me to the hospital tomorrow. And he, no, no, I said, just go. Just go. It's all right. It's all right. So he went, went home, started to go home. And he stopped, turned around, came back, and said, now. And that was miracle one. I didn't even know it. I get to the hospital. I'm laying on the gurney. And this angel of mercy that was all garbed up, couldn't see, you know. I mean, she had the full outfit on. Had mask over, I couldn't see. And she walks up and says, well, Wayne, you know, blah, blah, blah. And starts talking to me like she knew me. And I'm going, yeah. <laughs> and I went, you know, I'm, I'm kind of out of it. My heart is just exploding. And I said, do I know you? And she says, I'm Anna. <laughs> she goes to this church. Man, how about that? So then the ne next day I'm prepared for surgery. I go in and they're transferring me. And I've been praying the whole time. And they transfer me from the, the gurney to the surgeon's table, which is a cold slab of whatever material, I don't know, but it's cold. <laughs> and I said, well, this is it. Uh, you know, I figured, I, I, really, I really figured that this was the end. And I, I said, well, God, uh, sorry for your luck, but here I come. <laughs> and so I wake up, you know, and the doctor said, you know, it's going to be fine. I'd never met him before, but 
<laughs> he had a knife and I didn't. Uh, so I wake up the next day and I opened one eye and looked around. Didn't open the other, I just kind of looked around and went, yeah. I was disappointed that heaven looked like everything else that I'd already been through. But I, that was the third miracle. And so when somebody says, there are no more miracles, tell them there are, and convince them to look around. They'll see them. They'll, they'll, they'll be in their face and they don't even know that they're looking at it. And we thank, and I thank God for that every day. Hi everyone, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Megan Sabatka. I've been going here for a little while. Um, I think this series on identity has been perfect timing for me. Um, I graduated from UC with my master's um, the beginning of August and started a new job as a speech language pathologist for Cincinnati Public Schools, which has been so great. But if any of you have started a new job recently, you know that with that comes a lot of expectation, a lot of pressure, a lot of um, just wanting to do kind of what other people expect you to do and feeling like you need to perform in order to gain the acceptance of other people in the workplace. Um, and I struggle, I've struggled my whole life with performance. I've always been, you know, um, just one to, one to do good for other people. Um, but I think the first couple of weeks I really struggled with feeling like other people expected things of me um, and feeling like I needed to perform um, in order to gain the acceptance of my peers at work. Um, and I had a really hard time with that. And I was not happy at work. I was just really struggling with that. And kind of during those first couple of weeks, I just prayed and asked God, you know, why, why do you have me here? You have me here at this school for a particular reason. Um, and the more I like prayed about it, the more confidence I gained, the more I just learned to walk forward in the gifts that the Lord has given me um, and not compared myself to the gifts that the Lord has given anyone else. Um, in the moment that I walked into that freedom at work, I began having so much more fun with my students. Um, I was free of expectation, free of um, just anything, and I was able to just walk forward and have joy, um, which was just so, so powerful. Um, and as I was reading in Ephesians the other day, and um, Ephesians 6, 6 stuck out to me, don't work only while being watched as people pleasers, but as slaves of Christ, do God's will from your heart. Um, and I just felt like the Lord was saying to me, just do my will. You have gifts that I have given you uniquely and beautifully. Um, so I just encourage any of you who are struggling maybe in the workplace and, or just in relationships, whatever that may look like for you in your life, um, just to walk forward in the beautiful, beautiful freedom that the Lord provides and walk in the identity that he has given you specifically and who he has called you to be. Um, so I just want to encourage all of you with that this week. Hey, Megan, can you come up here? This is a big deal. I, I, I just want to stop. This is a big deal. And um, I want Megan to just pray over anyone who's dealing with that. I'm going to ask her to pray over me, too, because I experienced that. Um, but, in fact, if, if that's an area that you want prayer for, I'm going to invite you to stand right where you're at. If you're just needing freedom over performance and this kind of thing. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> it's more than we think. So, uh, Megan, just, just pray as the Lord leads. Lord, I just thank you for all of the people in this room. You have created us so beautifully in your image, but you have given us each unique, wonderful gifts and talents. Um, and I just ask that anyone in this room 
um, who is struggling with feeling like they need to perform to gain the acceptance of other people, that you just provide them with the freedom to walk fully in the gifts that you have given them. Um, just free them from um, that expectation that creates just binding. Um, Lord, I just ask that you help to enable each of us um, to walk forward in the freedom and look to the identity that you have given us um, and the identity that only you have given us, um, not the... and. Just allow us to not um, listen to the lies of the enemy or the lies of anyone um, who may speak speak poorly over us, Lord. I just ask that we know and we believe who you have called us to be, um, the words that you speak over us. We are beloved. We are chosen. Um, we are worthy, Lord. And I just ask that um, as we go into this next work week, um, that you just free us, Lord, um, and that we can just walk forward um, and love you and serve you in what we are doing. In Jesus' name I pray. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Yes. Amen. As we're thinking about these testimonies, freedom, miracles, what God is doing, what God has done, what God is promising to do, um, I want to give us a chance to just spend a few moments Jesus' word in our attention, God word in our attention.